turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, we're going to consider verse 53 through 56 tonight. We're taking a short break from 2 Kings and the life of Elijah to consider a greater prophet, uh, one who did far more miracles. Um, Elisha's ministry is dominated by miracles. There are twice as many miracles recorded uh, performed by Elisha than Elijah. Um, but all of them really point ahead to him who would do exceedingly and abundantly more. Uh, the one who would do the greatest work for sinners in dying and rising again uh, for them and giving them salvation. And so we're just going to take a look to Jesus, a look at Jesus together tonight in what's a short and often overlooked passage. And so please give your careful attention once again to the living and active, life-giving word of God. Mark chapter 6, beginning at verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region... And began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Let's stop and pray together. Father in heaven, you are the God who is rich in grace and full of compassion. Lord, as high as the heavens are above the earth, just as great is your love for us. And as far as the east is from the west, so far you have put away our sin from us. Like the pity of a father, has your compassion and pity been for us, though we are sinners. And Lord, we pray that you would enable us to see the compassion and pity of Jesus for sinners, for the weak and needy, together tonight in your word. Please teach us, please give us eyes to see, give us faith in him, and exalt his name. We pray in his name, amen. Jesus healed the sick. Many, many were made well. Lives were dramatically changed. Miracles were performed. And we can think little of it. We've heard it all before. Or we just don't see the significance of it today. Jesus is not here with us now. We can't see him. We can't touch him. We can't run to him in the marketplace. We can't be healed by them as, or by him as they were. Or maybe we hear this and we think, well, it's a nice story, but how is it possible? 
Is there demonstrable scientific evidence or explanation for such things? And even if such healings did occur, did occur, does that really say all that much about Jesus? Of his being God and Savior and my need to trust him? Well, no matter who you are tonight or where you are or how you hear this passage, you might hear this and think, so what? Whether a believer or a skeptic, it could be easy to pass over these four verses. And even if we take Mark's gospel seriously, and we should, and we must, this is just a short summary of Jesus' activity in one place, in one time, with hardly any details. It doesn't even mention his name. We've heard of many other miracles. We read of uh, many in even more detail already tonight from the Gospel of Matthew. This short text seems to neither add to or take away from the overall message, and so why not just move on? And, and most commentators and most preachers do. They skim over these verses very quickly. But we're going to linger here together tonight. Why are we going to do that? Because we, too, need Jesus. We need Jesus, and we need the Jesus of these verses. We need to touch him by faith. We need to be healed by him. This passage is in God's word. It's in Mark's gospel for a reason. It is here to encourage you. It's here to edify you and me. It's here to call you again tonight to this Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God, the powerful and compassionate Savior and Lord who became man to minister to needy people, to minister to the poor and the sick and the weak. He came to make many well, a, a countless multitude well. He came ultimately to save sinners, to save the lost, the, the most needy, and the, the sick, those who are dead in their sins. And so this text that would be easy to pass over quickly urges you and it urges me to look to Jesus, to run to Jesus. And I want to call each and every one of you here tonight from God's word to that run to Jesus. Run to him. Go to Jesus. Run to him to be saved. Run to him for hope. Run to him for healing, for comfort, for strength in this broken and sick world. Run to him because of his compassion, because of his power because of his healing, because of who he is. Run to him with others. Run to him in prayer. Run to him knowing that he will not turn you away. Look to him and believe in him. Dear brothers and sisters, run. Run to Jesus. 
Well, as I've already mentioned, there are not very many details in these short verses, but I, do, I, I do want to take a, a closer look at what is here. And if you look at what's preceded this in Mark's gospel, there's been some really amazing miracles. Mark has just recorded Jesus' feeding of the 5,000, and then Jesus walking on water. And now they've reached the shore at a town called Gennesaret. It's on the northwest shore of Galilee. And when Jesus gets out of the boat, he's immediately recognized, and people jump into action. They see who he is, and they run. And so the first call to you and to me tonight is to also run. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Look again at our verses, beginning at verse 53. When they'd crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. I want you to notice first in this passage that Jesus is a recognizable person. The locals recognized the, the real man who got out of the real boat. And it seems that at some point they had seen him before. And so much like we would recognize someone we had seen before, especially someone who'd made an impression on us, they recognize Jesus. But it doesn't just stop there. They don't just recognize him. Knowing and recognizing him produced a response, an action running, running to him, running to others to bring them to him. I remember early one summer morning in Wyoming, a hot air balloon flew very low. It barely cleared my roof. And even though my kids were still inside sleeping, I ran because I had to wake them up and I had to get them to run out to see this. Well, these people ran for something far greater. And they ran not just to see Jesus or to have others see him. They ran because they knew something of his power. They knew something of his compassion, his ability to heal. And we're going to talk about bringing others to Jesus. But first, what about yourself? Do you recognize Jesus? Do you know who he is? Do you yourself run to him, knowing who he is? Do you recognize him not just as a wonder-working healer, but as the Messiah, as the Savior of sinners, who has power not just to heal the body, but to save the soul, to give eternal life? Do you know that he's real? Do you run to him? Are you excited about him? Do you know that he is here? Yes, not bodily, but he is here in his church. He is in his people by his spirit. He is here in his word. Do you run to him to be with him? Do you run to him because you know who he is and you know he can help? Do you run to him when you are needy? When you are scared? When you're sad, when you don't know what else to do, when you've been in sin, 
when you have doubts, when you have questions that don't have answers, when you have guilt, do you run to him even on normal, ordinary days where it can be easy to feel like you don't need him? And, and what's the hurry? No matter who you are tonight or where you are, whether you're old or young, whether you're rich or poor, whether you have been following Jesus for a lifetime or you have never turned to him in faith, whether you are strong or weak, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Yes, not as they did, running to him on the shore or in the village. Kids, I've seen some of you run and you run very fast. You can't run to Jesus with your legs. You can't run to him tonight with your legs. But you can run to him with your hearts and with your minds. You can run to him in his word. You can run to him in prayer, in worship. You can run to him with his people. You can run to him by faith. And you might wish that you could run to him physically tonight. I do. But in some ways, we actually have it better now that his work on earth is completed and that he's not here with us physically. Because now that he is on his throne, risen and exalted in heaven, we can run to him from anywhere at any time. No, not running to where he's going to be in the village, but running by faith. Running to him. And he calls us, invites all of us to do that. What would make you get up and run physically? Not just to get in shape. What, why would you get up and run? Kids, would you run to the front door to greet mom or dad when they get home? Would you run to catch a glimpse of a sunrise? Would you run to greet a loved one? Would you run to, to get to a big event or would you run to not miss a flight? Friends, do not miss Jesus. Recognize him. Run to him. And run because you know and you believe something of his power and his love and his ability to meet your needs, your greatest needs. Run to Jesus. Well, that leads us to the second point to consider tonight, and that is not only should you and I run to Jesus, not only must we run to him by faith because he's Savior and Lord, but we should run to bring others to him as well. And so let's consider second the call to bring to Jesus. Bring to Jesus. Verse 54 Again, when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. What would you do to save a friend? What would you do to bring healing if they were sick? What would you do to meet a great need if you knew who could help them? And where they could find healing. Well, Jesus was in town. And so those who recognized him immediately scatter to bring the sick to him. I want you to think of a traveling health clinic 
uh, perhaps visiting a third world country where there was almost no access to basic health care. Think about how quickly word would spread uh, on foot far and wide and the sick would flock to that clinic and, and be brought there and even carried there to find remedies for their ailments, and it would be life-changing, and it would be good news. Well, there's a flurry of activity to run and bring the sick to Jesus, and these are some of the sickest of the sick, the miserable. They're so sick that they can't make it to Jesus on their own. They can't walk. They have to be carried. Today, we would use wheelchairs, stretchers, cars, But here were people running to their friends, picking them up on beds that were likely not made for travel and walking all the way to Jesus, however far that was. And it was likely a team effort because you can't can't pick up a grown person and carry them on your own very easily. And they did all of this just for their temporal needs, for their bodily needs. For them to be relieved of physical suffering and pain, to heal their bodies. And who of us would would not wish for the same, if at all possible? And how we long for our resurrected bodies that are no longer broken, no longer diseased, no longer paralyzed, without aches and pains and injuries and infirmities when Christ returns. But the point I want to make is how much more ought we bring people to Jesus today? Not to the village marketplace where they can touch him and be healed physically, but bring them to him by faith. Bring them to him in his word, in the gospel. Bring those, yes, with physical needs, with ailments, with limitations, with worldly, earthly needs, as we all have. But those who have the deeper sickness of sin, the greater problem of an inability to walk spiritually, bring the lost, bring the spiritually sick and needy to Jesus so that they might be saved, so they might have eternal life. Bring them to worship, to hear of him, Bring them to a Bible study. Bring them to him with your own words of witness, even if you fumble and stumble. Bring them to him with your good works, with your life of hope lived before them. Say to your friends, I can't meet all of your needs. I might be able to help some, but I know one who can give peace to your soul. I know one who can give you eternal life. I know one who can heal you of the ultimate source of all of your pain and suffering, a sin. Let me take you to him. And of course, we can't literally pick them up. We can't twist their arms or or force Jesus on them. But we can tell them Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Jesus gives life. He restores He is real and his power is real. He is compassionate. Who can you bring to Jesus? Who needs him? 
Maybe it's some of you in this room. You've not yet come to him in faith. And you're here. You're before him tonight through his word. Put your faith in Jesus. Trust in him. And maybe ask someone here tonight, someone sitting next to you. Ask me, ask one of the elders, ask a a trusted friend. Can you help bring me to Jesus? To faith in him? How do I have life in him? Or think about someone you know who's not here that needs Jesus. How can you bring them to him? How might you need to run? Do whatever it takes. Be creative. Be bold. Stop thinking of excuses. I'd encourage you, if, some, if there's a name that popped into your mind just now, write that down. Pray for them. And think, how can I bring them to Jesus? And then do it. And see what happens. These people in our text went to great lengths to bring others to Jesus. And, sh- and so should we. J.C. Ryle once wrote, let us strive to bring all around us who are in need of spiritual medicine to Jesus, the great physician, that they may be healed. Souls are dying every day. Time is short. Opportunities are rapidly passing away. The night comes when no man can work. Let us spare no pains in laboring to bring men and women to the knowledge of Jesus Christ that they may be saved. It is a comfortable thought that as many as touch him will be made whole. People of God, bring, bring to Jesus. Third tonight, pray to Jesus. Pray to Jesus. Look again with me at verse 56. Wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. Mark tells us here they didn't simply lay the sick at his feet. Uh, They brought them to where he would be, to the marketplace, but that wasn't all. They didn't just put him in the the right place in the right time. We read that they implored him. They implored him. They begged Jesus. They pleaded with him to let them just touch the fringe of his garment. They asked him, Jesus, let my friend just reach out and touch your garment. And they knew it wasn't the touch. It wasn't the garment. But the man, Jesus, who would heal And so they implored him. They prayed to him. They pleaded with him. It was his will, his compassion, his power that they appealed to. They needed Jesus to act. They couldn't heal. Just getting them in the right place wasn't enough. And so they called out to Jesus. They spoke to him. They spoke to him in prayer because he alone could heal. Jesus, please. Let her, let him just touch the fringe, Jesus. Jesus, I know you're busy. I know there are so many. I know there are other villages. I know you have your own 
plans and priorities and needs, but just this one. Don't, don't leave. Come heal him or her as well. They need you, Jesus. Dear friends, do you have such love for your friends? Do you have such love for the lost and the sick? Such earnest desire for your friends and loved ones, for the sick and the needy around you? If so, will you plead with Jesus for them? Will you pray to him? Do you yourself need Jesus? Will you plead with him, Jesus, help me, heal me, save me? If you rushed a sick and injured friend in need of life-saving help, if you rushed them to the hospital, you would plead with the staff, you would plead with the nurses for help and treatment to get access to healing. Well, do you plead with Jesus, will you plead with him? Will you pray to him on behalf of the lost? Will you plead with him for those who need him? Will you plead with him for those who are, belong to him but need his help and his comfort and his hope? How much more desperate is the spiritual condition of the lost? How much greater is their need for him? He alone can save. He alone has the power. We need to go to great lengths to bring to Jesus and to plead with Jesus. Jesus, come close. Jesus, restore them. Give them faith. Give them life. Let them touch you and be healed and be saved. And Jesus is willing and he is able. He is not far off. They implored Jesus. They went to all the trouble because they believed. They believed he could help. They believed he could heal. He had the power. And brothers and sisters, we need to believe as well. If we're going to plead with Jesus, we need to believe that he can give life and healing. We need to pray with faith, trusting in who he is and what he can do. Trusting that there is nothing lacking in Jesus. He will save all of his people, all that he draws to himself. There's nothing lacking in his gospel or his grace. And so appeal to that. Appeal to his real compassion and power and love. Pray based on what you know and what you believe about him. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of these pleading with Jesus. They're probably exhausted from carrying their friends, hoping, hurrying. And remember tonight, this, this actually happened. These were real people. This is a real story. And we can skim over it, but think about the changed lives, the transformed lives, the saved lives. Think of the joy and the amazement and the gratitude of just one of those sick, who couldn't even walk there on their own. Imagine walking home that day with tears of joy and wonder streaming down your face. How grateful you would forever be, not just to Jesus, but to that friend who ran to you. 
and, and picked you up and carried you, maybe even against your will, maybe even saying, this is a foolish idea, I don't want to go. And yet they carried you and they pleaded for you. Will you be such a friend to others with love and with compassion because you know Jesus and you know that he, he saves and he heals? Brothers and sisters, pray to Jesus. And then fourth and finally tonight, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look again at verse 56. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. At the end, these people, these friends ran. They carried, they pleaded. But it was Jesus who healed. It was not their scurrying about. It was not their running, their carrying. It was not his garment. Their eyes were on him. Their hope was fixed on him. Friends, where are your eyes? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus as individuals tonight, each one of you. Look to Jesus as a congregation tonight. Look to Jesus as the family of God. As you look to him, I want you to step back and, and try to just picture this scene. Imagine being there in one of these villages. You see this man, Jesus. You see a crowd of needy, anxious people, a little bit like us tonight. Uh, you, you might hear pleas for help and healing. And then you, you would hear cries of joy and wonder and amazement from those healed. But in our passage, there's no words recorded. We have no idea what Jesus said. We don't have any dialogue, no teaching, no conversation. All we have is just evidence of his power and his love. All we have is this beautiful picture of the compassionate healing Savior. It's really a picture of who he is and what he's all about, what he came to do. There he is, the Christ, the divine Son of God, on earth as a man. And who's he surrounded by? Who is he pouring out love for? Sick, helpless, needy people. Sick, helpless, needy people finding help and hope and healing in him. And we can't enter the picture. We can't jump into the scene. We can't go and touch him physically tonight. Our friends can't touch him. Not all of our loved ones find physical healing. But here in the gospel... We can look to him and be saved. We can look to him 
and take great comfort and joy in his power and in his love. We can see a picture of what he came to do for sick and dying sinners, for weak, needy people. He came to make them well. He came to make them whole, body and soul. Not by our touch, not by his garment. He came to do this by taking our very flesh. And more than that, by taking our sins, our filthy rags, our, our sickness, our miserable condition, our place, and then dying for us on the cross. By his wounds, we are healed. Listen again to how Mark ends. As many as touched it were made well. As many as touched it were made well. No one, no one was turned away. No one was not made well by him. No one was too sick. Too far gone, too weak. No one had too little faith. Jesus made all, all of them well, no matter who, no matter how sick. And friends, the good news is that Jesus is doing the same today, spiritually. All who come to him in faith, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And tonight it is not too late. You are not too sinful. You're not too sick. You are not too weak. Jesus is compassionate. Jesus is powerful. And he makes well. He saves. He saves all who look to him. As many of you who look to him to be healed of your sin will also be made well. He said in Mark 2, verse 17, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Have you reached out and touched him by faith? Have you been saved by him? Are you sick? Are you a sinner? Are you sick of your sins? Do you need healing? Are you weak or weary? Are you sad? Are you overwhelmed? Are you needy? We all are. Jesus came for you. He came for the weak, for the sick. Trust in him. Run to him. Touch him. Cling to him. Look to him by faith. Dear people of God, each of you here tonight, as many of you who trust in him, who look to him for healing and life, you will be made well. You will be healed. He is who you need. He is who we need tonight. And so recognize him. Know who he is. Believe in who he is. Run to him again and again because he came for needy people. 
He will save you from your crippling sins. And one day he will heal you completely, body and soul. And so run to him. Run to bring others to him. Run to him in prayer. People of God, run. Run to Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you for sending your son to us. For sending him among those villages where people ran and people experienced firsthand in their bodies his life-giving grace. Father, I pray that each and every one of us would run to Jesus tonight. Even if it was many, many years ago that we first ran to him in faith. Lord, let us continue running to him, looking to him as our savior, looking to him as our comfort and our hope, running to him in prayer, running to him with loved ones who need him, running to him because he is our king and our only hope, running to him because he saves and he gives life and comfort and healing. Lord, help us to run to Jesus. Thank you that he has come to us and he turns none away who come to him in faith. To him be the glory and the praise and the honor. We do pray all of this in his name with thanksgiving. Amen.